0: Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.
1: Welcome back agents. Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast comfortably from your own phone or computer. You can also record with friends or on your own. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so you can have your show heard on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership. And it's everything you need to make your own podcast all in one place. So, download the free anchor
0: app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now, let's get on with the episode.
1: Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to put a trigger warning at the beginning. We will be talking a little bit about domestic violence, sexual assault, and abuse. So, if that is a conversation that is a bit sore for you at the moment, please go ahead and skip this episode. It'll be completely fine with us. You know, we don't want to bring up any bad memories or anything like that. So please take care of yourself. And we'll see you next week. But otherwise, uh, please enjoy this episode. Welcome back, agents, to another episode of the Fangirl Files podcast. My name is Madison. And my name's Sabrina. And today we
0: are going to be discussing toxic characters. What? One of our favorite topics, as I'm sure
1: most of you are aware by now. Yeah. I was going to say this relates to the fictional crushes episode, but because we took that down, I was like, no,
0: I can't say that anymore. Yeah, guys, for those of you who listened to our fictional crushes episode, we had a conversation and since I'm applying to big girl jobs because I'm graduating in May and Madison will also soon be doing that within the next year, we came to the conclusion that we don't ever... Want our former employers to know the way we speak about um fictional characters because if they find out, we will never get hired, yeah, and also we want to be able to put this podcast on our resume, so that deals with that, so we are really sorry that that episode's gone. It's yeah. one of our favorites, but it it had to be done,
1: yeah, we should probably establish the fact too we're very tired and hungry right now, so if this episode is crazed, yeah, that's why. Yeah, we don't even know up from down right now. We are both very
0: tired and very hungry and very stressed. Yes. So, that is that, but we are here, and we're going to have a little chat with everybody about about
1: toxic characters.
0: We love toxicity. (laughs) Um, But first, the idea for this episode came from a little story we have to share with you.
1: Oh, yeah. Get ready.
0: Oh, yeah. The introduction and of I- Chicken Little. The introduction of Chicken Little. I feel like I've mentioned Chicken Little, but I've never, um, I've never addressed him as Chicken Little. So for those of you who remember from our Evermore episode, I went on a whole tangent about Tolerate It. And I talked about this guy who had done me wrong and had made me feel the way that she feels in the song. That's Chicken Little. Basically, Chicken Little, despite my having a boyfriend for the past nearly a year now, will not and does not let me be. Now, I'm perfectly happy being acquaintances with this person. I don't mind. I, as long as they're not impacting my relationships or whatever, if they just need a quick check-in, somebody to talk to on occasion... Whatever, I'm a nice person, and I'm here for them, no matter what. However, because that's just how I am with people that I care about, no matter who you are, no matter how long it's been. if I care about you, like I'm always gonna care. But the thing is is this person is a subscriber to the podcast and has only ever heard one episode, and they have been a subscriber to the podcast since the very beginning, so that means, When it was just me doing The Caffeinated Artist, that's when they subscribed. And so they don't know the show with Madison and I. But a few weeks ago, I was combing through Spotify and iTunes, as one does, and I decided to see if anyone had left reviews on our podcast. And I came across this one review dated back to early December, And for those of you who don't know, this was during the time when I was deleting all of the old episodes and we had just released the news that Madison and I would be continuing this show together. And so the review was rather rude. It said, if you want to talk about your life, you know, write a book. And it was just really, really rude. and said it was an awful podcast and not worth your time. However, like I said, this review was from a time when my episodes were no longer existent. So it just didn't make sense. And I was like, wow, this person must have just heard the old episodes and came back to have left a mean comment because it just didn't make any sense. And I kind of wrote it off. But then a few weeks ago, I get a call from Chicken Little. Mm -hmm. And Chicken Little says to me, hey, remember how you blocked me? on most of your social media a few weeks ago at that point it's probably a month ago and I was like yeah what about it And he was like I got super mad at you so what I did was I left a really nasty review on your podcast and mind you this is the only person that has left a review so when people go on iTunes and look for our show that is what they see and I at some point when I originally saw the review, I had the sick thought in my mind of maybe it's him doing this to me because I'm probably not going to tell our whole story on the podcast, but it is a very toxic story. But on some level, I thought that it was him doing it to me, and I said, no, he wouldn't do that. There's no reason anymore. It's been years. Who cares? And I found out it was him. And when I say, how mother f- childish... And stupid and honestly just a degenerate piece of crap can you be to go and tear down someone's hard work. Because now it's not just me. He's attacking. It's Madison. It's something we're both working very, very hard on. And Madison has has met Chicken Little a couple times. She doesn't like him. We lived together for context for those of you who don't know us very well. And she's met him a couple times. She doesn't like him very much. Can't say I fucking blame her. And now he's attacking both of us in our work. And something that we are really, really passionate about so now we wanted to talk about toxicity in characters and how those characters influence us in our everyday life. Because honestly, I spent so much time on this person who isn't worth sh- because of ideals that were put in my head by books and movies that I really, really loved, hoping that this person would change. And that's just not the truth. So that is what brought about the topic of this episode.
1: Here's the thing. Like. You guys don't know a lot of the story, and I was kind of there for, like, a little bit of it, but from what...
0: You were there for most of it. You were there, like, when it started
1: to get really, really, really insane. Yeah, but some of the things that he said to you, I'm just like, that is not okay. No, and I took it lying
0: down, (laughs) and I put up with it, and I was like, oh, it's okay. I made so many excuses for
1: it. Yeah. And I shouldn't have. I mean, when you're in that situation, you just don't blame yourself for it because, yeah.
0: I don't. Not anymore. But like knowing that that review was made made me stick to my stomach or stick to my stomach. I think I just said stick to my stomach, but um, it made me sick to my stomach and I demanded that he take it down because it was just rude. And knowing it was him, I knew that it wasn't factual or anything to do with our podcast. It was just pettiness. Yeah. So he has removed it for those of you who are gonna go looking for the review. It's not there. But yeah. Was a very sick sick thing to do. And thus the idea for this episode was born. We meant to cover it a couple weeks ago, but we both took solos, then a week off, and then WandaVision. Yeah. It's it's been crazy, but I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> I am too. I think this episode has been
1: a long time coming. It's something we've wanted to talk about for a long time. Yeah. And I kind of did my thesis on like the social learning theory, which is basically like the term for what we're talking about, where like the relationships we see on television, we think that those reflect real life. And so they sort of influence lives through media. Alrighty.
0: So I'm going to take you guys very briefly back to the 1990s when a very popular show was there for us.
1: Oh the <laughs> so <no> one so <laughs> life was gonna be this it's way gonna be this way <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, anyway.
0: Anyway, uh, okay. So we all know and love friends and we all know and love the iconic couples that came with the show, i.e. Chandler and Monica, Queen and King, yeah and Ross and Rachel. The big one for everybody, myself included, was Ross and Rachel. Because, as Phoebe said, they're each other's lobsters. They mate for life. They're endgame, as the kids say these days. Um, <laughs> however, and I grew up... Are you 80? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Um, anyway. <laughs> no! <laughs> anyway. I grew up loving Ross and Rachel. I grew up rooting for them and, you know, in the final episode and it's like, okay, but did she get off the plane? And then she did, like, I got maybe ball like a baby. Yeah. Like, I got off the plane and it was like, see, like, it's you and me. There's no more running now. And he's like, yeah, unless we're on a break. Like, you know, like the whole thing is just, it was iconic and you wanted them to, to win at the end. However, and I've I've loved Ross my whole life. But when I moved in with Madison, <laughs> she opened my eyes to something I had <laughs> never seen before. Yep. And that
1: was that Ross Geller is a toxic piece of crap. Can I just say, here, I actually found out from my sister Peyton, who told me, when because when I was watching, I was like, oh, Rass is like this, like, really nice, like, nerdy scientist dude, and he's really misunderstood, and then Peyton pointed out all the stuff that he did that was toxic, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god. You're like, I see it now, yeah,
0: and I see it now, too, so thanks, Peyton, you ruined our lives. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't watch the podcast, so she wouldn't know. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but, like, I just want to put it out there into the universe Fuck you, Peyton. So that no somebody kidding. knows. <laughs> I'm kidding, I love her. <laughs> I started noticing all of the stuff that, like, he was doing that was toxic. Like, the number one thing I noticed, honestly, was how many relationships Ross had after Rachel and then she didn't really have any. Because he kept
1: sabotaging her. Right,
0: like, yeah, well... Okay, he had that, she had that one angry guy, like, you remember the one Ben Stiller came in, and he was angry, and he yelled at, like, the chick. Like, the I chick and the remember. duck. Yeah, and they, and Ross was like, he's an angry guy, Yeah, like, and so, that didn't work out, and then I don't remember if there were really anyone else, anyone else that, like, came in and, you know, was with her, other than that Joshua guy, the blonde one, for, like, a brief period of time, and then that ended. Hmm. And then Tag, like, the young guy, before, like, she and Ross had, her baby, had the baby.
1: I vaguely
0: remember. <laughs> like, the and, I vaguely remember, friends. And that was it. It was, like, all her relationships. She didn't have nearly as many as he did. And it's, like, even when she did, he was, like, always pissed off about it.
1: Exactly. Even when he was in a relationship with another person, too. Like, that was right. just messy. Like, dude don't try to control her life in that way you literally are not dating her anymore like you have no right to do that just right or like after he like
0: oh when they got married in vegas Hmm. and then she wanted a divorce or she wanted an annulment and he didn't do it so then he had to get divorced because he wanted to like stay married to her without even telling her that is so toxic i forgot that that happened it's so toxic, and I love Ross and Rachel. Like I love the premise of their relationship being like after all this time that they've gotten together, and like they managed to make it worse. But also, Ross did cheat on Rachel. I don't care if you were of the opinion that oh they're on the br- they're on a break. That doesn't. That's not valid. Less than twenty four hours later is still shitty. Especially if you get back together with the person and you don't tell them, and like the fact that she grappled with forgiving him and ended up not even at the end i think 10 years later it's like okay maybe they've changed and that's why like at the end of the series i'm like yeah but like when she grapples with forgiving him like a few seasons later and she writes him that whole letter and it's like okay but you know he's not sorry you know the kind of guy he is so why are you expecting him to suddenly see the light
1: yeah my qualms with him was the fact that he made that entire list about Rachel. Like, that's the thing that oh. stuck out about that was just the fact that he wrote down all of her flaws, like, shared it with the g- entire group, and then yeah, it, was like, I'm, go ahead.
0: No, sorry. I mean, I think it would have been valid for him to make that list in his head. Yeah. And be like, okay, what are the cons of staying with Julie? What are the pros of staying? And then what are the pros and cons of potentially being with Rachel? But the problem with that is, is that he made it very superficial. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this could affect our friendship. Oh, this could affect my relationship with my sister. It was, she's just a waitress. She's stupid. Blah, mm. blah, blah. Like,
1: yeah. Whereas with
0: Julie, it was all like, oh, she's smart. She's driven. Da, da, da. Like. He basically put Rachel as so far beneath himself that when she finally got a job and started doing what she was like meant to be doing, he got so insecure about Mark and about everyone around her because he acknowledged at least subconsciously that everyone else was appreciating her more than he was. Facts. And somebody could very well take, him, take her away from him. And Ross Geller is toxic character number one, but we've idolized him so much because... In the show, we were meant to be rooting for Ross and Rachel. Rachel and Ross. Mm -hmm. Oh, this person's not right for Ross, so it must be Rachel. Emily leaves him him because he says Rachel's name at the altar. They must be together. They get married in Vegas. They must still love each other. Blah, blah, blah. The list goes on.
1: Yeah. And just romanticizing everything about their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: And I think if we can move on from Friends... For those of you who like um, Gossip Girl, Mr. Chuck Bass. I don't even need to know, or I don't even need to say what you all already know. Chuck Bass is absolutely toxic and manipulative. I mean, for hell, he almost raped Jenny Humphrey in the first episode of the series. He sleeps with Blair not a day, not a, not an hour after she breaks up with Nate and then he blows her off on their plane to um Tuscany and he basically plays games with her head until they finally wind up together and then he has the gall during a fight to go and sleep with Jenny Humphrey anyway and make Blair feel less than and then they somehow end up married what the hell it's a lot and I'm not even explaining it fully because I haven't seen I'm re-watching Gossip Girl, like, right now. Mm. I've only ever seen it all the way through once. And I'm on season two right after he left her, like, in Tuscany. So I can't really express what happens after that other than what I remember from what I've rewatched now. But, like, Chuck Bass is a toxic motherfucker. Just his demeanor of, I'm Chuck Bass, I can do whatever I want. And I don't like settling down. I like this sick game of playing with girls' hearts and having my girlfriend be in on it. And It makes our sex life better and more enriching and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's a sick game to play. And that just opens up girls to being okay with cheating or being okay with a man that is like that. Because just because Chuck Bath... And Chuck Bath does have, like, a remarkable character arc at the end. Because he really does get his shit together for Mm -hmm. Blair's sake. But real men don't do that. They don't. Nine times out of ten, if a man is telling you that he's going to change, he's not going to change. Take the chicken little story as a warning. Real men, they do not change no matter what they tell you they're going to do.
1: Yeah. And I think the media is, like, particularly toxic because they portray this idea of, like, like, sex will change a guy or, like, staying with him will change a guy. And I feel like that just opens, like, women in general up to, like, staying in toxic relationships because they feel the same way about that.
0: Right. It's not even sex will change a guy. It's once a guy had sex,
1: yeah. he's
0: invincible. Yeah. And then he, like, finds this one girl that he f, and then he's like, oh, wow. This is the girl because she was just so good in bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Whereas, like, if a girl gives it up, she loses all of her power in the media. Like, every ounce of it. So it's just... The media portrays, like, oh... The man is in a power position, and now he can use sex and the fact that he slept with this girl as a manipulation tactic against her to get her to want to be with him. Yeah. And it's honestly the same way in a lot of Disney movies and relationships is what we're talking about, too. It's not necessarily from a sex perspective, but just from the power perspective of, for example, for those of you who... I'm actually going to go Hannah Montana. First, Mm. everyone remembers the whole Jake-Jesse love triangle where we were all thinking, Jesse is terrible. Jesse's a piece of crap because he's the bad boy, leather jacket wearing guitar, like the one who was made out to be the toxic guy. Mm. And then there's Mr. Pretty Boy actor, Jake, who we're all like, oh my God, I hope she picks Jake because they have a history. But if you look back at Jake and Miley's history, he basically was like, I like you, but I don't like you. I like you, but I'm going to go off and do this movie instead. I like you, but I need to kind of fake date my co-star for this movie just to make sure that, like, I get the publicity. Nothing against you, but I can't be seen with you. And then he has the audacity to go and cheat on her. And yes, Miley has the good sense to leave, but then enter Jesse, and he's exactly what we didn't think he was, which is the sweet, kind, nice guy. So, Disney like flipped that stereotype of, oh, it's the good guy that's like the scumbag. Mm. And then it's the bad looking boy that is good. Which, like, I guess could be the case in a lot of cases. But, like, the fact that they switched that, and I loved Miley and Jesse, don't get me wrong. But when they switched that, it's basically saying, oh, so the bad boy's always going to turn out to be the good one.
1: Yeah. And it's like teaching girls to kind of pursue that in real life, which isn't necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Because the bad boys in real life are people who tend to be very selfishly motivated and just kind of want to f around and don't really care who gets hurt in the process.
0: Right. Like, you guys have all seen the TikToks where it's like, oh, girl with a future ahead of her and good grades. And then it's like stoner boy who's like on his last leg of failing out. And it's like they're in a relationship. That's what a bad boy is. And I'm not trying to generalize that all stoners are bad boys and that they're going to drop out or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Just the kind of vibe of a guy who's got nothing going for him. Again, not being partial to stoners here, but any guy that just people say, Oh, he's not really worth it. If everybody is telling you that, you need to run. Yeah. It's like, it's different if like his ex-girlfriend says it or their ex-partner or whoever says it. Or, like, just some of their, like... Yeah, actually, no, I'm not even going to say their friends. If their friends are telling you they're toxic, you need to go. Mm.
1: And the ex-girlfriend. I think you could make a case for her actually being correct, though. Because some women are like, you shouldn't date him. He's he's a toxic person. Like, he's he did this, this, and this to me. But I can see where you're kind of going with that. True.
0: I think though, a lot, in a lot of the cases, and I'm speaking from personal experience, not even as a generalization, mm. a lot of cases, the ex-girlfriend will make things up just so she can keep him mm. to herself. And that's be- probably because he's manipulated her into thinking like, oh, like it's always going to be you no matter who comes along. Mm. And I'm saying that not as this perspective of somebody who had that done to them, but the, the person, like as the girlfriend who like, was for a time of that mindset because they had been so heavily manipulated. Mm. So I'm speaking from the other side. I'm not trying to generalize against other women. I get that. So there's that. And then, like, for Good Luck Charlie fans, you have Spencer cheating on Teddy and then she takes him back. I mean, what the hell? Like, Spencer was the kind of upstanding good guy, but you never take back a cheater, ladies. End of story.
1: Yeah, they're just gonna keep doing it. Like, I'm not even kidding with you.
0: There is the rare, and I mean one in a million, man who will change his ways. Yeah. But, like... That one in a million man, it'll probably be years down the line when they ask for another chance, and you say yes, and then they've changed their ways. It's not going to be immediate exactly, like there are a lot of people who like will break up in their teens because of cheating, and then ten, twelve years later get back together with that person because that person is not the same person. true that didn't happen with Spencer and Teddy that was two years later, and she took him back. which just perpetuates for girls here is a toxic a toxic trait in men, but like they're so in love, so they must like have changed their ways by now. They were always meant to be led back to each other. Mm. And that's a big big fault on Disney.
1: Yeah. I have like gripes with Disney in general, but um it's more so the fact that a lot of like the narratives um are kind of like they create this like positive depiction of like heterosexual relationships that don't necessarily mm-hmm. like translate to reality like I'm talking more about the earlier films like The Little Mermaid or Sleepy Beauty or Snow White, Cinderella. Like, they basically teach women that their goal is to, like, find the perfect guy, and that, you know, after that, like, the narrative sort of finishes. And while, like, In later cases, that's been kind of excluded and like Frozen or even in like Mulan, I would argue that's a little bit of an exception. Like they kind of set like this very clear expectation that being with the man is like the ultimate goal and any other option isn't as valid as getting that male attraction which statistically isn't really the case. Like studies have shown that like women's life satisfaction decreases after they're married, whereas men's increases along with other like variables as well.
0: And I think Mulan is also an exception in the fact like, yes, they depicted her as a strong woman, Mm. but then they followed it up with Mulan two, which was all about their engagement and then their marriage. And then after that, they didn't make a Mulan three. They ended it with her marriage. Mm. Yeah. So they sullied their own
1: narrative. Yeah, and Mulan too. I remember the narrative was of that was like, oh, we're having relationship issues, and you're the yin to my yang, and stuff like that. And it just felt like out of place for me.
0: I remember really liking that movie as a kid because I was really excited for like the wedding aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But like looking back on it, I'm like, you could have just left her narrative at the first Mulan. Yeah,
1: that would have been perfect because
0: would have been perfect. Yeah
1: i felt like the first narrative was like more so he fell in love with who she was as a person rather than like and it didn't really like do the marriage thing it was more like oh she's really cool and like i like spending time with her and so
0: right and then like in the second movie it was like oh she's not conforming to what i want in a wife yeah which i'm like that's that was a up. big person like that was a big personality shift shane yeah like, what the fuck
1: you know what i yeah, mean exactly because he's over here like oh i love the fact that you're badass and then in the second one he's like i made you my wife why aren't you being my wife you're broken <laughs> right
0: like you don't want as many kids as i do you only want one or two you don't want 12
1: <laughs> want i feel like that's you. an accurate depiction though of how men are because sometimes you'll see men who just like they're like oh i want a woman who does this this and that who is ambitious and successful and then they're like stay
2: at home with me. to show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender if i can eat out a win it would be a miracle baby um mr vital it wouldn't be a miracle because geico gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim That's gonna be a nail biter nope the geico team is there for you 24 7 now that's a dipsy dude the guru of a claims team geico is awesome baby with a capital a geico great service without all the drama
1: the kids honey and you're like what the f- like you're choosing a girl who is ambitious and wants a career and yet you want her to stay home with the kids
0: right but then when she does what you say and stops being that ambitious woman you go chase a younger 25 year old ambitious woman with no kids. yes like, like what do you want you yeah exactly Crazy. like that's why men cheat they're like oh i married this girl she was so different when i met her that that's because you told
1: her to stay at home you fucking moron like <laughs> Men are just something. Yeah, we shit on the we shit on men on this podcast like a lot, but we do. We
0: <laughs> As the girl with the boyfriend, I shit on men. Hmm. I mean, in general,
1: like just men. Come on. Well, Reed says that too. Reed is under the opinion of like too. fuck all bed. <laughs> <laughs> read reads
0: like as a man i'm ashamed
1: of that. Um, <laughs> we love read here but anyway
0: <laughs> we do <laughs> again this is a read
1: a read fan page this is a read fan page but um <laughs> it is the frustrating thing about that narrative though is i feel like marriage is like pushed onto us so much because of the media because i'll go to like family yeah. reunions and instead of asking me like how like, what is your career going to be like? Or like, how successful do you want to be? They're like, do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, you literally just need to ask me how I am woman.
0: Right? Like, no, no, no. Now my, um, you know, in my family, we don't really share like the whole boyfriend thing. Mm -hmm. And like my, um, obviously my mom's side, they know now my, my grandma now always asks me how he is. And I'm like, Oh, good. But like, Now it's my dad's side, who is a lot more, like, judgmental. About reed? But it started, about men, about girls having boyfriends. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, like, you have to be married to them. You can't.
0: Yeah. And it's just, just like, now they're like, oh, so do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, and I don't know what to say to them, so I kind of avoid the question. And then my dad was like, oh, they know. And I'm like. How do they know? Okay, but why are they asking? Yeah. Are they trying to see if I'm lying? Interesting. Like. Like just be like, okay, but do you have a boyfriend? And I could be like, yeah, I do. Then my my dad's family makes me feel awkward, so I don't tell them. Hmm. So like, but then I find out they know, and I'm like, great. Now they're gonna like say I'm a lying shit, you know? Yeah,
1: it's like what you're trying to trap me there, like
0: right? It's like as a woman, you've because I've been taught so much, like in my household, or like that most um Middle Eastern families will like judge girls who get boyfriends, hmm. like and have a few boyfriends, you know what I mean? You like, you only tell the family about the boy when you're about to marry them. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Like outside of your parents, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's why most of my family doesn't know like about my previous endeavors. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's the, it's the opposite for my family. They're like, like the minute you get a boyfriend, it's like, Oh, come sit down on the couch with us and talk to us about your boyfriend. And like, it's how like, my entire family, I guess I, sh- I shouldn't say my entire family, but like parts of my family that don't watch this podcast, um, <laughs> but they're like,
0: you mean all of them? No.
1: Cause like, I don't want to say any names because I don't want to call anybody out on this podcast, but it's like, it's like, they don't care about okay. my life unless I have a boyfriend, you know? Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not interested and yeah. they won't talk to me unless it's about relationships. And I'm just like, why do you put so much of your worth into that? Like come on right like you need to be your own person and be content
0: on your own before you can even think about being content somebody exactly yeah so my family's like the same way they're like my like i know my grandma at times would be like oh why don't you have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. or like why aren't you getting not to me but like to my older cousins who were like in their 20s like oh when are you getting married it's like when i find someone like you know oh
1: my god that makes me so angry because it's like none of your accomplishments matter unless you're married as a woman and it's so frustrating
0: right yeah it is so frustrating and also if we're going to go back into characters i need to mention this one if we're on this note right now Mm -hmm. edward cullen oh (laughs) most toxic mother (laughs) like
1: he is toxic
0: and I say that because he's, like, Bella, like, your virtue. Because there's the whole, like, in the books, like, in the movies, you know he doesn't want to have sex with her, like, because, like, she's a vampire and he could hurt her and whatever. But, like, in the book, he he goes on this whole spiel about, like, no, we should wait to have sex until, like, after we're married, too. Because your virtue, Bella, how could I sully you your virtue? And she's, like, is this 1922? Like, she's, like, this is not 1922, Edward. Like, Yeah me already you
1: know women are not women do not lose their worth when they lose their virginities if you think that then you consider women an object and you need to stop listening to this podcast right now yeah if you can't handle this then
0: like leave unsubscribe we yeah don't exactly you. um no and edward's just that way and then he treats bella like his property he he's like he's like Oh, you're going to go hang out with Jacob. Be back by this time or I'm going to come over to the, re- to the reservation and risk my own life to look for you. Cause I don't trust Jacob black with my, with anything. And then it's like Jacob is the same way. Jacob though. is toxic. And I love Jacob. I love Jacob. Love him. And we can go into that. I love him, but only because he wants to keep Bella human. Hmm. And he's like, Bella, you should be able to live your life and breathe and have kids and do all these things. And I understand, I'm like, that's such a sweet premise, but also he's so toxic because he just can't accept that Bella doesn't want
1: him. Yeah, he's just as controlling as Edward in that regard, because it's like, it's her choice, whether she wants to be a vampire or not. I get his reasoning for it, but it's like, it's her choice, right. it's her decision, quit trying to make them for like, her. Like, she
0: wants to have the life drained out of her? Her fucking choice. Exactly. Like, and that's the difference between Twilight and the Vampire Diaries. Like, yes, people are like, oh my god, Damon is the toxic one. Oh my god, Damon's the leather jacket wearing piece of shit. But at the end of the day, he has always, like, done what's best for Elena. In the sense of, like, actually, I'm going to take that back. That statement back. Like, there are some times where he can be like, no, Elena's like a big girl. She can handle herself. And then there are other times where he's like, Elena, you don't know what's good for you. So I'm going to do this thing. Oh, god. But it's also, like in those situations, it would have been like she would have died had he not done what he did.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing about media, though, is like they're like, there's a reason for this, but when people do it in real life, it's like ew. You know, like, Chicken Little putting Chicken a bad little... rating on this podcast, like oh <sighs> trying to control you and thinking like he can quote-unquote punish you for Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Him. For cutting him out. For yeah. him being a toxic piece of like, that's the thing is, like, men, too, will use the media to their advantage and will use, like, every excuse in the book just to get what they want. And it's, like...
0: Right. Ugh. Like, oh, she was a psychopath. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know how many girls have been branded psychopaths because of men who don't want to admit their own narcissism? Exactly. Like, that's normally the case with men who brand their exes psychopaths. Exactly. But there are so many toxic characters, you guys. So many did you guys did you want to talk about any
1: of you guys? Um <laughs> See my toxic character, I don't know if they relate because like they're not portrayed as like someone you should like. <laughs> so i guess that's yeah fair. i mean i wanted to talk a little bit about like bad boys but i think we kind of covered that ground my my thing is more like the theory of bad boys because like i've seen so many like recent films that like hone into this idea of like sad boy like abusive sad boy mm-hmm. like harden from after or noah from the kissing booth or like Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God. No, i like... Yeah, they're, like, romanticized yeah. for abusive behavior. Like, Harden will literally, like, throw and um, gaslight the hell out of the main character and just, like, treat her like absolute garbage but because, like, she's changed him um, and because he's had a sad past, like, the behavior is completely excused. And it's like, he's trying to, like, control your life. He doesn't care about you. Like, the only time. Yeah. Another thing, ladies,
0: is if they've had a sad past, that sucks for them and they need to fix that. But that's exactly. not Exactly.
1: Exactly. Like, you are yeah. not there to fix them. You are not a rehab for men. They are going to use that to treat you like and just because they've had a sad past does not yeah. mean you are responsible for that and does not excuse their behavior. Right. Just
0: because they say I went through this and this and this and that's why I treat you this way and you need to let me Exactly. Treat you this it's way. like no. Like 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 not apologizing for it saying like okay, but when you did this it reminded me of this so it's really your fault. That's like, abuse you know right I mean? there. Yeah, that's
1: gaslighting. Yeah because then they're going to use that and they're not going to change their behavior.
0: Right, like there have been certain times when reading and I have gotten into disagreements and it's like, okay, well when I grew up this is like what would happen so I'm very used to things being happened like handled this way and it's like, okay, well I don't appreciate it when you handle it yeah. that way. And it's like, okay, well I'm sorry, I'm going to fix that. There's a exactly. difference you gotta- between that and being like oh, that didn't happen, like you did this so exactly. I
1: did this. Yeah, so Harden's there and then you have like Christian Grey who's like controlling as fuck like does stuff with her even though she hasn't signed her f-ing contract and again a lot of his behavior is excused under the tragic backstory and then you have noah huh? from the kissing booth who Fuck yeah noah! this is a noah hate page <laughs> i i've watched like recaps of all of these movies but like there's that scene where he like punches someone at the beach party if i remember correctly is this kissing booth the two first or one?
0: one i haven't seen two I don't remember what happened, like, if he punched I someone think he, or not. I think he I, might I'm have. I'm
1: not sure, but, like, you can kind of see, like, his aggression and... There's this one scene that I, like, remember when I was, like, sort of watching it where his, like, brother walks in, and he's like, did he hit you to the main character? And it's kind of, the way that his brother reacts, it kind of shows that, like, abuse has happened before, and that the brother has seen abuse, and it's kind of just, like, it's swept under yes. the rug, and again, this character is like, oh, well, he's so romantic, and, like, he's the one for me. Even though, like, the second character- They're like, no, exactly, he's not. Like- Uh, I forgot to make it explicit here, but I also don't like the pattern that you see with these men where they notice the woman has a male friend and they'll immediately get defensive, try to control her behavior and just prevent her from seeing him in general, like, as Sabrina mentioned, Edward does with Jacob. And they always end up being right in the end, which is a trope that really makes me angry because, first of all... It reiterates the notion that men know what's best for women because they're the ones who can see the predators, and so they get to decide who is good enough for her to see. Second of all, men and women can be friends. I don't know why people don't think that that's possible. That just erases the fact that queer people exist, first of all. And second of all, not everyone who is a man and not everyone who is a woman will have attraction towards the other person. I just think that's trying to reinforce... I think that's just trying to push gender roles onto people or some sort of heteronormativity. And third of all, it paints it as this protective behavior when really men like this in real life are controlling and possessive and see women as objects and trophies to show around but the minute that a man steps over his boundaries not her boundaries he immediately is like she can't make a decision for herself i have to make that decision for her and i have to be the one to tell her what to do and i don't trust her enough to make that It immediately becomes I don't trust her enough to make a decision and to keep herself safe. I have to step in and do something about it. And there's a difference between being protective and being possessive and controlling about it, which I should reiterate. But I just wanted to make that explicit here so that the next section of this episode is a bit more clear. Just this controlling behavior and like jealousy and all these other concepts are just like so romanticized um and it's just it's a huge problem absolutely but i noticed like a lot of that influenced my own writing like when i was younger i used to write these like really toxic male characters that were like the alpha male and were just like dominating yes yep so i think it's like you can definitely see where the media influences that
0: Right. Like I used to write a lot of I used to love Twilight. And I used to love specifically the wolf pack in Twilight. I wasn't just a team Jacob stan. I was like an entire like wolf pack stan. And I loved Paul mm-hmm. who was kind of like the hothead of the pack.
1: Hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that did that remind me of that.
0: Ha, I'm Paul.
1: Yeah. So, um
0: <laughs> uh, but so I wrote a lot of Paul fanfiction cuz all the fanfiction that like, I read about him was portraying him as this hotheaded piece of shit who would like kill for her yeah and i wrote that because i was in love with it toxic i would just write these dominating like there are so many people that i made dominating that weren't supposed to be Hmm. like pita from the hunger games i think like i had him at one point become like very protective over katniss in one of my fanfics or like george i did a george and hermione fanfiction, and i think at one point in my fanfiction, he like punched ron oh my god you know what i mean <laughs> i know like, exactly what you george mean george weasley of all people should not be toxic yeah but it definitely influenced my writing too is like wow i want to write that because that's something people like and that's something i like so
1: yeah, and not taking no for an answer. That was a very big oh, yeah. no-no in my writing. I reread that, and I'm like, girl, that is not consent right there. Yeah. That is very but, blurry.
0: Like, I never used to write, like, lemons or smut or anything. But, like, oh. when you – I did it. I didn't because I was 13, and my parents would read my fantasy No, so I'm like, not judging you. It. I'm
1: just laughing because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I went down that rabbit hole so fast.
0: Oh, I read it all the time. I didn't write write it, though. Yeah. Um, but like you know how in those it's like, no, I'm gonna like not take no for an answer, or, or I'm gonna mark you or whatever it is. Like if yeah. it was like a wolf fanfic, it would be like, you, you like, you're to? gonna, you're gonna Oh my get god! So oh successful. yeah, because that was like a Twilight trope too. Is like the wolves would like mark you. Not that wasn't like a thing in Twilight, but that was very much a thing in Twilight fan fiction. It's like that was when I head. mark you, you're you're mine. And it was like when I mark you, like you won't be able to have like a child with anyone else, stuff like that.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, because that was the werewolf books on Wattpad, which are toxic in themselves, but. But no, it definitely influences a lot of what people are reading and writing, too. Yeah. Looking for that dominating man. And it's like, girl. Right. And then the girl's always weaker and frail. And she's like, oh, yes, sir. Like. Yeah. And like, she secretly wants it, quote unquote, when it's like that's such a toxic thing to teach men and also to teach women like that men make those decisions for them and that men know what's best for them it's like and that's
0: why a lot of girls have like a submissive complex yeah which is like fine if that's something you want to do but it's like that's the reason it exists
1: yeah so Yeah, i also wanted to bring up not just toxic men but also toxic women and how they're portrayed. Okay. Um, when, when a woman sexually assaults a man, it's immediately treated as this joke because there's this notion that men should be able to fend women off, that men are a lot stronger than women and that men are sexual creatures. So it's treated as like, Hey, you're sort of living out the male fantasy. So you couldn't have been assaulted because you automatically enjoy sex. Um And I feel like the media sort of perpetuates this terrible rhetoric by not putting as much emphasis on the vileness that female rapists have. Uh, I remember an analysis done by Kenny J.D. on, I believe it was Fifty Shades Free, where they brought in the female villain who was Christian's dom while he was a minor, um, and had a lot of abusive things that she did to him. Like I believe she put out cigarettes on his skin and she's treated as this like soap opera villain where she's not taken seriously. She's more so treated as Anna's competition rather than a real threat to Christian. And I feel like those portrayals in particular are demeaning because first of all, men feel a lot of guilt when they're sexually assaulted due to the reasons that I mentioned earlier. And second of all, like, Nobody should ever be blamed for what happens to them. If they were assaulted, then that's on the other person. That is not on the victim ever. And it just breaks my heart that male sexual assault victims in general are just not treated as seriously as they should be.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of something completely different. Yours is definitely a much better example. Mm. But I remember like, I feel like this is one of the only exposures I've ever had to this topic was like, I used to watch Glee. When I was, like, in my early, te- or, like, early teens, and, like, when the show was en- not ending, but, like, when, like, the original Glee kids had gone to college, and then there were the new kids, like, one of them, Ryder, who is a actual abusive piece of sh- in real life, but we won't get onto that, um, Ryder was, um, they were opening up about, like, past trauma for whatever reason in this episode, and he had, like, said something about being sexually assaulted by his babysitter, when he was younger. Like, oh God. She, like, he was in the shower and she had, like, came in and, like, touched him or whatever, or I don't remember what it was. And yeah. he, like, talked about it and he was, like, shaking and he wasn't doing well when he was, cause it's obviously a very traumatic thing to talk about. Yeah. And the other guys in the room were like, dude, you lived my dream. Why are you so upset about it? You really scored out. And he just kind of calmed out and was like, huh. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, like he had to put up the wall and be like, huh, yeah, I guess you're right. I never thought of it that way. Like, and then later on in the episode, like he was like, no, it's not like that. It's really, it really like screwed me up and I don't feel right about it. And I'm getting very hesitant about relationships and things now because of that. And she is in prison now because thank God I told my mom. Yeah. So... That was the only exposure to that I had had when I was younger, and I can't think of another good one. But you are right that that is something that in the media that is very either under portrayed or misrepresented.
1: Yeah, I more mean-
0: often than not, the media needs to take into account that yes, toxic men that can can exist and they're romanticized, but so are toxic women.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And I know that this this episode has been a big rant about men, but like also. Boys, if you have been harmed in any way or you've been, if you have felt uncomfortable as the result of something a woman has said or done, we are sorry.
1: Yeah. It's not okay for her to do that, even if she is a woman. And
0: even if it's somebody that you cared about, if you feel violated by this person, then
1: we are very sorry. Exactly. And it's like, she should not be hitting you because that's another thing that the media sort of, yeah. It's like, oh, she slapped him. Ha ha ha. That's funny. Or like, it's like, no, that's well, abuse. there are some
0: men where it's like, when they cheat on you, you have every right to slap them in the face. That's different, different.
1: I think it's still abuse, though. Like, you shouldn't hit people. I mean, okay. But, like, when somebody cheats on somebody, I feel
0: like you have every right to slap them in the face. You know what I mean?
1: Well, would you want a guy to, like, slap a girl in the face, though, if, like, she cheated on him? That's the no, thing. No. No exactly it's like just don't hit people like you have every right to be angry you have every right to like hate them but don't abuse them don't hit them like that's fair (laughs) i think that's all that i had heavy stuff
0: me too okay mates well that is the end of the line from us today so please please subscribe
1: yep follow
0: us on leave some reviews And as long as you're not Chicken Little, leave whatever kind of review you want. Leave a positive review, (laughs) negative review, anything else.
1: If you leave a one-star review, we know you're Chicken Little. So don't do it. Or or you're a part of his army, and then
0: we don't like you either. Exactly. Um,
1: But anyway.
0: (laughs) But, um, yeah.
1: Follow us on our socials. On
0: our socials, at Sabrina Canoon and at Wolf Wolf Silhouette, And then follow the YouTube, which is the Fangirl Files. And then follow, uh our twitter which is at fangirl files pod yeah and that's it also follow reed because reed is a
1: oh yeah the fake i love Uh, his username fake reed steiner
0: (laughs) fake reed steiner that's Ooh, this is so a, this funny is a, this is this is a reed fan
1: account yeah i love how he randomly like <laughs> posts the same like photo of him but with different backgrounds i love that he's kept that joke running it makes me laugh every time i see it and just like the cringy ass <laughs> captions too like where it's like i'm it's exploring so the world right now i'm like i'm like wow you're really getting into like the fake reed stuff too like oh my it God. feels like i'm looking at an alien's profile He's trying to be, He'll be really Snyder. happy to
0: hear you say that um good he will be very very excited to hear that he's gonna feel very appreciated but man man's also has a youtube which is just his name so just
1: find him yeah
0: um anyway, anyway read stand <laughs> read standing over for the day uh Get the we out. love you oh so yeah
1: two different we, parents appro- we appreciate <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys maybe if we stop telling you to leave our podcast then you'll like us a little bit more and give us more views (laughs) no
1: i i it's a good joke i think if it is offensive just let us know but like again we really appreciate you even if it is just like three of you that listen to our podcast we love you you're awesome yeah
0: all right that well all right guys get the out of here
2: configuring the bluetooth deciding who controls the music avoiding potholes remembering where you parked Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with Auto Owners Insurance, getting the right coverage for your vehicle doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who live in your community and answer when you call so you can get back to more important things like remembering if you're on the third or fourth level of the parking garage. That's simple human sense. Ask your independent agent if Auto Owners makes sense for you. Hey guys, I'm Sarafina, and thanks for listening to SGP Radio. Stream our podcast and more across SGP Radio platforms, including the Brandon Gerald Productions app for iOS and Android, or you can visit www.bgpllcapp.com. Stream, download, listen, like. Share, subscribe, repost, binge, and enjoy this podcast and so much others like Not Your Token Black Girl, Working Gals Guide, Black Girl Storytime, Juice Pro Wrestling, Black Guy Wrestling, and Podcasts About Nothing. We have so much more on our stations. Tell it for her noir and wrestling fans including sgp radio originals and our blogs enjoy As a small business owner, you're redefining business as usual. From rethinking the way you work to reassessing your bandwidth, you're changing the way you do business. And at Cox Business, so are we. With flexible internet packages to get you back to business. Rethink. Reconnect. Reimagine. Get 50 megs of internet for only $70 per month for six months. No annual contract required.
1: Ends 123120. Restrictions apply. Visit coxbusiness.com for details. All services
2: subject to Cox Business general terms.
1: There's a new Family of Scratch-Off games from the Ohio Lottery called Taxes Paid. If you like big payouts, this is your game. The $10 Taxes Paid Scratch-Off has a top prize of half a million dollars. Prefer to keep it small and play for fun? This is your game. Taxes Paid Scratch-Off start at just $1. So pick your price, pick your prize, and play today. The Taxes Paid Family of Games, new from the Ohio Lottery. This is your game lottery players are subject to ohio laws and commission regulations please play responsibly a payroll and hr company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen you could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation but for adp that's not enough